This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. I believe it. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We're back. We're back, <laughs> folks. That was probably a strange intro. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I didn't know what to do because I'm sitting in a new chair tonight, and it's just a whole new world. You're rocking. I'm rocking. Rockin'. It's you're a rockin'. rock and roll life for me. So this will be our last episode. Yes. At least for the semester. Not forever. Not forever. Let your hearts not be troubled. Please, no. We will be back. Uh, we don't want to cause extreme panic in the world, because Lord knows there could be butchery in the streets if <laughs> if people thought we weren't coming back. Aggressive. Probably, but, you know. It is what it is. It, it is, is what, what it, it is. is. We'll be back in uh, January. Yeah, so we're, we're getting done with our school semester, at least our on-campus semester, and we didn't think it really made sense to do this over the over the internet it's not as it's it wouldn't be the same no be the because same. we have to have a conversation with each other and just yeah. let all of you guys just hear it and uh it's just not the same not in person yeah. i mean we did a podcast on that so <laughs> we're also doing a podcast i guess so what what you're not yeah y'all aren't here in person no it's kind of a weird anyways whatever that's all right so we'll be back in january but yes so till then Till then, till then, well, uh, well, that's we'll all for episode. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> no, at no. the end, uh, it's been good. It's been a pleasure. No, no, no. Thought we'd start with, as usual, the question. The question. Um, uh, thought I'd go for kind of a, I maybe maybe a deeper question. Oh. Um, I don't know if you'll consider this deeper or not, but hmm. when was uh, when was the last time you were really proud of yourself? Oh, I like that yeah. question. Hmm. Really proud of myself. You know, in a healthy way and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just prideful. So that's the usual. Uh, I'm often prideful. But when was it a good, healthy, proud of myself? Um, I would say... I'm trying to think of when it was. Uh, the other night... Well, it might have been last night. Anyway, but so the other night, so every night I go for a walk and I pray a rosary outside. And uh, the last couple of days, I've been, I've just been like disappointed with my ability to get homework done and angry at the amount of homework I have and had zero motivation to do it and can find any and every excuse to do it. Um, but like at 10 o'clock, pretty much every night, unless there's something else going on, I'm going to go take a walk with my future bride, the church, and pray a rosary. And I did not want to do that at all. I was angry at, at a lot of things. I, I didn't want to do homework. I had a lot of homework to do. So I was in this kind of like middle ground of being torn in two directions and just being angry at both. And I was like, God, I do not want to go for a walk right now. I'm not going to do it. This is going to be the first time in a long time, but I'm not going to do it. And I put on my shoes and my jacket, and I went outside. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, 
I didn't think I had that in me, but I did. That's good. And it was kind of just like a healthy sense of like, yeah, I can have a good prayer life. And it's, uh, it's not just me being like, I'm good at praying. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, this is real. This is a relationship. And I was very proud of that because it taken me a long time to build it into that. So that I think is the last time I was really proud of myself. Worthy to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? The last time, like, really proud of myself, probably candidacy. It's a yeah. big deal. Um, proud of, I guess, just the willingness to accept it. I don't know. Like, it, we we talked we talked about this in the last last yep. podcast. It was like, I guess, just that it didn't like it was a big deal, but it didn't feel like I had to make it a big deal. Like, it mm. didn't feel like a big decision for me. So it was one of those like, well, why wasn't this a, a big decision? And it's, well, I've been making this choice like every yeah. day for the last, you know, two and a half years or yeah, you were already been. committed. Um, and so there was kind of this moment of pride that like it didn't, like there wasn't some sort of crisis of commitment, I guess, um, that maybe I was a little afraid of that just showing up. You know, yeah. that, that it would just suddenly just kind of appear out of nowhere and be like, Ooh, are you supposed to be here? <laughs> um, and yeah, that didn't really, that didn't really happen. So oh. I was, I was proud that, um, yeah, I guess formation has been working and mm. I've been, I've been being formed. So mm. it was, it was good. It was a moment of recollection and appreciation. Mm. It was good. Good. I like this question. I like it because it's really hard for people who are really trying to pursue virtue, I think, to pick out good pride. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to be like, I was prideful in this, and I'm a sinner, so I did this. Like It's easy to put yourself down. But to properly look at the good things in your life can be really tough. I like that question. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't mind if you do, eh? All right, let's start with a prayer. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of his faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, so I thought we would uh, do a, a particularly abstract topic tonight really? <laughs> to, abstract. To, to wonder about. What's that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll end up making it practical. I hope I hope we can make it practical. It's going to start off really do general, we, though. Do we want it to be practical? I want it to be applicable. Okay, that's, that's better than practical, I think. Yes. Sometimes you can get bogged down in the practical. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. We are more than practical beings, that's for sure. We're transcendent. We are transcendent. Yes, so I want to talk about words. Mm. Which reminds me, I thought of it last week or a couple weeks ago. You asked me what my favorite word was, and I said home, but I thought of the real one. Oh, you were a liar. I was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> you, you mean like a liar. <laughs> yes, uh, but my favorite word is delight. 
to delight him. Pourquoi? Um, I really think a lot about God delighting in me and me delighting in the world. And I think much of my relationship with God through prayer and with other people is in terms of, at least in my mind, of to delight in. And so there's just a lot there. But why, why delight over enjoyment, excitement? Delight is deeper. Delight is, uh, I, I don't, because I don't have a perfect definition for delight, partially. I think that that makes it transcendent. That adds a mystery that I, I have a partial grasp of it, but there's so much more that I almost, it seems like I know, but I can't get my head around. Delight is this, to, the, to take delight in something to, is almost this receptivity to it of to take in its goodness and dwell upon it. Um, like I love, there's a line in one of the closing prayers after Mass where it says, having partaken of these heavenly delights. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh! <laughs> uh-huh. We're thinking like little dainty <laughs> desserts. That's <laughs> 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 good, a delight. Like uh, but I think it just also shows the depth of like, the Eucharist is a heavenly delight. Something that we receive, that mm. consumes us, that uh, we just kind of sit in for a long time. So I find it interesting that you said you think there's still some like mystery, like you don't know the definition. Yeah. Do you feel like there are words that you do know the definition for and therefore they aren't mysterious or aren't interesting? Do you feel like that's yes. most words? Uh, that's a lot of words. Uh, I would say like table isn't uh, too mysterious. It's not a particularly delightful Whereas word, yeah. home... Is you can have a whole podcast on it. If we tried to do a whole podcast on table, we would uh, quickly run out of things to talk about. I think we could talk about things that have tables in them, but not table itself. So, do you think that's just because we don't find tables interesting? Like, if we were two carpenters, do you think two carpenters would find the word table interesting? Not really. Really? I think more interesting than us, but. Uh, because there's more to it, but still, there's not really like a lot of mystery to it. They would, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that the word table or the word like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things. Refrigerator, you know, these, these like just straight up objects can never, they're, they're not transcendent. They're concrete things instead of uh, uh, like immaterial realities, I would say. That's interesting. Yeah. But that was just, I thought of that yeah. word, and no, I, I, I kept wanting to bring it up, and I forgot, so. Yes. But so we're talking words. about words. Yeah. We're talking about, that was all talking about words. It was on topic. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was tangential. Um, it was on topic. It was tangential. It was, it was all, you It know, was a tangent on topic. It was a, it was a topic. tangential topic of words. Mm. Um, yes. I've been thinking about just kind of the surplus of words that we have in our culture. Actually, no. I think first what I was thinking about was um, how much words matter. Mm. Um, I remember reading JP2's, um, his Theology of the Body book, Love and Responsibility. Yeah. And he talks about how despite our best efforts and no matter our best efforts, we can never truly know the person like we're communicating with 
like mm. you can know about them and you can know like what they like or their preferences or their opinions but you don't like there's a, there's always going to be an aspect of who they are that's hidden from you yeah. there's like a veil you know mm. and um and we sort of peel back that veil through actions um but in a particular way i think we peel that back through through words right like because words are capable of you can sort of pack all this meaning into into words and you sort of pack it and then you just like give it to people you sort of put it out there and it's up to them to like unpack it and sort of reconstruct the mind of the person that spoke them right hmm. like i could say a sentence and you could say a sentence yeah and it could be it can mean totally different things to us because of the interior state of our lives, right? Yeah. Which is, that just boggles my mind. Um, and so I guess what I've been thinking about is that words are probably the best or most intimate way that we do that with, or I don't know if I want to say intimate, Words are the way that we do that with the bulk of people that we meet. Yeah. Right? Like the way that we share ourselves with another person is through our words. And so that means words are important. Hmm. Um, yes. And so I'm, if they're, if they're that important, well, I guess first off, do you agree with that? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's so what true. Are your, what are your thoughts on it, that? First, <laughs> okay. Very like, to get very kind of basic here, it blows my mind that you can vibrate your vocal cords <laughs> and move the air out of your mouth and or then send sound waves through the air that wiggle a thing in my a couple things in my ears that hit a little tiny drum in my ear, and I have an idea of what's going on in your head. That's insane. Yep. <laughs> uh, that just, it blows my mind. And like, yeah, but so just on a very basic level, like the fact that we can communicate with words it, to me is absolutely miraculous. Yeah. The, the chances of that being understandable, comprehensible, comprehensible have to be just so minuscule. And that's the way, like you said, we train, we we communicate the bulk of our of our being, and I, but I think even on a deeper level, like words go so much more than that. Like you have sign language, mm -hmm. that like words aren't just the physical sound waves. There's something that is is in a lot of ways transcendent, um, because you can have words, you vocally written sign language, and their words are not bound to like. Oh, you don't have to speak them to be a word. They're different in different ways. Yeah. They can have different effect. But uh, just like... So it's really language. It's language, kind of a, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, I think, though, you have to, you really have to bring language yeah. down if you want to talk to it. Talk about it to words. If you're just trying to talk about language, we have to start from something, which is the words that are there. I also love the idea of words because... Uh, in our fundamental theology class, our professor, I'm pretty sure every single class, brings up the fact that Jesus was the Logos, which is the Word. Yeah. Um, 
And if Jesus chose to be the Logos, if God chose to reveal himself the most fully through the Word, that is the Logos, that is the person of Jesus Christ, then, yeah, what does that say about our use of words? And I think that comes back to to you, your point of like, this is the way in which we most re- reveal ourselves to others. Yeah. That's the way God most revealed himself to us is through the word, the one word, the eternal word. But uh, we reflect God in our being. So therefore, our words must be the way in which we most reveal ourselves to others. So yes, uh, I agree with that. I'm, yeah, I like that tie to the Logos. Um, because kind of taking it back to Genesis, right? Like... Mm-hmm. The Logos, or God's Word, God, like, speaks the world into existence, right? Um, And so there's something, like, there's an analogy there, right? To go back to, you know, our podcast, what, episode three or whatever it was? Yeah, episode three. Um, There's an analogy there that, like, us being made in God's image and likeness and Him speaking the world into existence... And us also being capable of speech means that our speech is a, a sort of co-creation or a, a, yeah. a, a participation in the, in the original kind of creation of the world. And so to yeah. some degree, our speech, I think, is like to speak poorly or to speak with um, kind of abandon is to... I don't, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. To speak with abandon is, is kind of a, maybe a slap in the face. Maybe that's too strong. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it is, honestly. This is what you're saying, because to, I think that to use words, as you said, God created This is very wrong, words. so I'm, I haven't yeah. really thought a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, that's all right. I, I like this. Um, to use words is to, is God giving up some of his creative power. Like, for, for us to have this power, God has to kind of almost surrender it. Now, God is still all-powerful. He's choosing this. This could be heresy, but uh, as far as I can tell, you know, it's like God, by giving it to us, he's saying, okay, well, now I'm going to, like, take a step back almost. So when we use these words, it is using the power, God's creative power, the same power that created the world, just much smaller, much less, to... To create. And God, when he creates, he looks back and says, it is good. It is all good. And so if we create, and we can't step back and say, it is good, it's a misuse of the power that God has given us. And I think that's a big deal. That's not, that's not something like we've created something. One thing I found out, I remember one of my friends telling me in focus, I think this is super cool. He was just talking about the science of sound waves. And so a wave will, it, you know, it starts and it goes up and down and up and down and constantly going. And it's, it's constantly approaching zero, but it will never reach zero. Every word we speak is actually kind of in a scientific way uh, and in time eternal, not as God is eternal. It had a beginning, but... It goes on forever in the world. It is constantly getting smaller and smaller, but it never quite goes away, hmm. which is crazy. 
Yeah. First of all, just to think of. But I think that that says something about our use of words. It's not something willy-nilly. It's something that lasts forever, even in a physical way. Uh, hmm. It lasts forever. So if if we just throw around words like nothing... Now, I think that there's, you know, there's a difference between kind of... Well, maybe there's not. I don't know if there necessarily is neutral words. I don't think there are. I think there's good words and there's bad use of, of words. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we want to, you know, want to use good words to create. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I agree that God sort of gives up creative power. Sounds like he, it could be heresy. Yeah, that seems... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I do. There is something very special about the the fact that we can communicate. And I think I think the communication that's so particular to humanity, as opposed to, you know, I, I guess if you take birds like calling to one another yeah. or, you know, communication between ants or whatever, mm-hmm. is that. There really is a, a reconstruction of the internal reality of the person whose words you're reading or listening to or speaking yeah. speaking to or whatever that's particular to human language, um, and so I think that's what makes words so fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. When they have the giant chocolate bar that gets taken down into molecules and then shot through the airwaves into the people's TV so mm-hmm. that they can grab the chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. But the chocolate bar is smaller than the giant chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. That's what words are like. Yeah. It's very similar. Other people. Ending. Who's that? Someone's not coming. It's Conrad. Oh, never mind. Then we'll just ignore him. <laughs> 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 kind of later. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, problems of recording a podcast in a dorm room. That's right. Do we cut it out? I don't know. We'll no, no, out. no. Leave it, it in there. Podcast. Leave it in there. It's, it's reality. It's reality. This is our life. Um, yes. So I guess what I do you think there's a difference um, between? Actually, no. I think I want to go back. Okay. So originally, I said that I think words are the most intimate way that people can kind of allow themselves to be known by another. And then I kind of backtracked. Yeah. I think I want to, I think I want to put that out there again. I think words are the most intimate way that someone or language is the most intimate way that someone can allow themselves to be known. And I want to know if you, so to reverse it, to allow yourself to be known more so than actions, more so than, physicality or emotions or I think words are the way that we're known. Only if we're taking things uh, as a whole. So like if I can combine words with physicality, with, uh, you know, with time and stuff that, okay, definitely no. It's not like words are the highest we can ever get. But if I had to take those parts, I would definitely say words are, are, yeah, the, the way we make ourselves most known. Because 
to know someone, you know, physically, there's only so much you can get to know physically. Yeah. Um, and to know someone, like, just based on how much time you spend with them, if you're not talking, again, only so much you can really learn about them. The, the greatest reality of a human being is internal. It's we're, we're made in the image and likeness of God, for the most part, in our soul. And that, the soul, I think, is what is revealed through words. Uh, not solely, but mostly through words. Um, the soul, not solely. So I didn't even think of it. <laughs> not solely the soul is solely known. Um, no, but um, the words are the way in which the greatest reality of a person is translated. So yeah, I would agree with that. That you can be most vulnerable. The deepest, most real things are always going to be internal things that can only be known through words. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, I guess, like a love story where you would end up with people that I guess have like physical and emotional connections but never speak and how sad a love story that would be. Hmm. Now, on the other hand, I think it would be like, and, and I think we've seen love stories like this of, um, you know, you have the long distance people who only know each other through kind of letters or words or something like that. And the entire movie is the expectation for the physical presence, right? Yeah, so, like, there's yeah. there's a reality of both, but I think the words convey a like you're you're gonna have a much more difficult time coming to truly know that person without having language as the medium to do that. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree I with like that. struggling with that one. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing that I'm thinking about. Now you brought up kind of a love story. It makes me think of my time in Guatemala when I spoke zero Spanish. And there was, uh, we went to this house, uh, house, as you call it. It was really more of like a hospital kind of like thing for uh, people with severe special needs. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with these four girls that lived in this one room. Yeah. That they couldn't even speak Spanish, which I love because I couldn't speak Spanish, and so they understood Spanish. They didn't understand English, but so I didn't have to talk. They couldn't talk back. Yeah. I didn't have to try and have yeah. a conversation. There was no pressure. Um, and there was one point where I was in the room, and they were all in wheelchairs. No one could walk, and uh, there was some music playing. And like somehow we were like kind of all over, spread out. And there were some nurses with us, but someone ended up. I was the only one in the room, and I just, uh, I remember thinking, these girls will potentially never dance with somebody. So I unlocked their wheelchairs, and with one foot, I moved their wheelchair, and I like took their hands, and I danced with them. <laughs> and it was a very awesome. intimate yeah. moment. It was awesome. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really incredible. But uh, it was a very intimate moment without any words. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't know about for them, but for me, I think of it in terms of words. Yeah. And yes, there's a sense where it very much goes beyond words. But in large part, I think most of the times, even when we're not communicating, uh, internally, we're experiencing other people in words almost like we, we yeah. experience reality in a lot of sense through words uh 
it's not all of reality, but that's how we've come to grasp reality in a lot of ways. So, Ooh. yeah, I like that. There's a whole philosophy of that. Well, I, I think there's so in psychology, right? We hear kind of the importance of being able to to describe things. So yeah. being able to like describe feelings, and so I think it was interesting that you said going beyond words because I th- there's there's some things that like words just it doesn't seem like you can pack yep. the experience that you had adequately in words. And so you have to like either find a different medium or find some way to supplement the words, which I think music does, uh, going back to uh-huh. podcast a lot a while of ways, ago. Yeah. Um, or that movies do in a particular way. Yeah. I think those are capable through words or using words of recreating an experience using words is kind of the primary way of doing it, but around anyways. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think in psychology, there's something interesting about, I could, I could be internally frustrated or subconsciously frustrated um, or angry or anxious and have not described that to myself or not described the problem to myself or put it to words. You haven't named it? Haven't named it. And... The reality is that that's true, but for some reason, having not named it somehow makes it uncontrollable. Is that what it is? I don't. I would uh, maybe. I know that I've heard before that mm. uh, it's a really big deal that God gives himself a name in the Old Testament. When, mm, when yeah. Moses asked, what should I, who the, should I tell them sent me? He says, tell them I am who yeah. I am sent you. I am Yahweh. Um, and it, I've heard that's such a big deal because like when you can name something, you have some power over it. You're, you're giving absolutely. a piece of yourself yeah, over. Your name is a big deal. Your anonymity. Um, it's so, gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there is a sense of that. Like, yeah, we, when we're feeling these things, once we name them, we have control over them. But I think it, it it's more that we can, we know them. We can grasp them. Words are the way mm. in which we know things. So, like, when it's just a feeling, uh, the the for the most part, we experience the world in words. And so when something goes beyond those things, we kind of don't know what to do with it. And I don't know if it's as much about control as much as knowing, wow, I'm really frustrated right now. And now I can, I can know it, I can control it. Uh, not necessarily control it, but like I can work with it. You can engage it. You can engage yeah. it. You have, you have a grasp on it that you didn't have before, um, which is good in that sense. But I th- also think of times where like, the greatest moments of my life of prayer and all of my life are the moments that go completely beyond words. Yeah. That I can never describe to somebody else those moments. They can never know my experience of them. And when we give up... They really need to. Yeah, they, they yeah, don't. But the, um, yeah. just like that, when we are... We, we even can't really know yeah. them. They... And I think it's very freeing when you get to like the, you know, there's a couple times where I, I can think of just like trying to put words to something in my prayer and then saying like, no, I'm going to surrender that attempt at knowing it and controlling it and just let God be God and like 
floating in the, just the the unknown, mm. floating in, in mm-hmm. God and love and something that I can't put words to. Um, I really do. It's like there's always a sense of floating. It consumes and lifts up, and mm. it's and it goes beyond words because that words are in our reality. But God is so much higher yeah. that when we step into his world, words are always going to fall short. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I guess, we're sort of running out of time, but I, I would like to kind of go another direction just to see. Please do. Um, what do you think the relationship between words and truth what do you think the relationship between word and truth is? Yeah. My immediate thought goes again back to the logos that Jesus, who is the word, is also the fullness of truth. So I would say that. Hmm. Can I rephrase? Please. What do you think about lying? <laughs> That's kind of the way I, I think I yeah. was going to go next. Um, You know, it, it surprises me sometimes to see how big of a deal some of the saints take lying. Like Thomas Aquinas was real hard on lying. And I like think it's a huge deal. Yeah. 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 And like moral theology, there's whole moral theologies of lying. Like, you know, other things, uh, you know, theft, these are things like they're they're there, but it's like, oh yeah, this is wrong because of this, but maybe it's all right in this situation. But lying is like it's this very interesting thing almost anomaly, I feel like, of we have this sense that everybody knows the feeling of lying, of knowing that you did something wrong, mm-hmm. of like even when you're a kid, like you lie and like you get away with it and it, and it feels good, but like you know you got away with something. Um, yeah. So... Uh, that it wasn't just a normal interaction. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So I think that there is this this sense of like knowing that words are ordered towards truth and to use them for anything other than the truth is it's not just it's it's not just a light matter of oh I, I twisted these words. Because I think if we go back to creation, God uses words to create. Lying is is a lack of creation. It's saying something that's not true, which if we go to Augustine's definition of evil is a, a lack of good, then like lying is very obviously a, a an evil. Yeah. Because it it is not creating because it is not making something good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, there's something more to it there that I, I, I don't know, but there's definitely, I think, just a very real sense of lying is wrong because words are supposed to be truth. Yeah. What do you think of lying? I think it's so... I, I honestly haven't thought about it like this before. Because we've talked about lying in philosophy, right? Like yeah. Kant, Kant talks about lying yeah. and when is it justified to lie? When is it morally correct that you could lie? And he he took a really hard position against very hard lying 
even in even in the case of like saving like a murderer is running after your friend and uh your friend comes into your house and the murderer knocks on your door is like hey <laughs> looking for your friend <laughs> they here <laughs> they here and whether or not you would be morally justified to lie as to whether or not your friend was there and his answer i believe is no no he says yeah, you can't you lie. Cannot lie you have to tell and he gives some weird reason for like uh like because what if your friend went out the window and you told the the killer that he wasn't there, and then your friend's on the street, and you just sent the killer back onto the street. Yeah. Like, wait, when you could have distracted him, and <laughs> then you're responsible for it. And yeah, I don't know, but you're right. Yeah, context um, very hard. Yeah, so he has a he has a. There's a long conversation around lying, which we will do no justice to. Yes, um, but. I do, I think my initial reaction is, I think to lie is to do an injustice to yourself and to the person you're lying to, um, because you're allowing them or intentionally giving them a fake reality. You're creating, you're creating in them a reality that's not true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think really though the thing it becomes a distortion because I don't think words in a sense can be untrue. They can't be real. They are always like talking about reality. And so really lying becomes a distortion of what it like taking good and distorting it so that it's like these are not they're still things. It's not this necessarily this void, but it's this broken goodness. Hmm. Um, I think like people always talk about how like the devil uses good things and distorts them to make them bad. Yeah. And, uh, uh, lying. Partial truths. Yeah. Partial truths. Exactly. So I think lying, like, you know, if you say like, Oh no, I didn't eat the cookie. Like eating is reality. Cookie is reality. Did and not, you know, those are, those are all things that are, are real that like, they can't be unreal really in any sense. But when you put them together and distort them in a way that is not, uh, properly ordered to the good, that is when it, uh, becomes disordered, as I say, uh, a broken reality. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you could have like that lying has to have intentionality behind it. Or I guess a true lie has to have intentionality behind it. Like yeah. there has to be the intention for deception yeah. for it to truly be a lie. Um, because I think you could say something and it be received poorly by another or received in a way that wasn't actually like you're you're you didn't adequately convey <laughs> your meaning and so the person either because they didn't understand the words or they didn't understand you or they didn't you know mm. i think sarcasm is probably a good example oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah where they could have an interpretation that's untrue and it still not be a lie which that's that fascinates me i haven't thought of that before but that's that's fascinating to me um yes hmm. yeah 
I'll be honest, I have no clue where I expected or wanted this conversation to go. Well, but. I think for me, I think that there was the, the good thing to get out of this that you can take home, put this in your pocket, folks, put that in your piggy bank of yeah, knowledge. Yeah, that's what I said I wanted at the beginning. Is, I appreciate some <laughs> application for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just the fact that like, we use words as if they really are nothing. We don't think much of words, um, especially today in a world flooded with words. It's got music. There's stuff written everywhere. We've got billboards. We've got signs. We've got texts. We've got you know, like just so much, so many truths. words. Yeah, we got a lot of <laughs> yeah. partial truths. But just like we use yeah. words and we think of words willy-nilly, but we have to understand that words are a very deep and real and powerful reality that is not to be taken lightly. That words are something very meaningful in, in an eternal sense, not just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, don't swear, you know. But uh, words have power. Jesus was the word. The world was created through word, uh, God speaking. And so that's really, to me, the big takeaway from this is like words are very meaningful. Therefore, do not think of them otherwise. For some reason, the scripture of Jesus saying, let your yes mean yes, always comes to mind when I think about words. Um, yeah, I think there's words matter because to use them poorly is a, is a disservice to yourself and to others. I, that's... Yeah, we're inundated with so many kind of thoughts and, I don't know, everything seems to be kind of tugging at us. And uh, and I think to use words poorly is just adding to that yeah. tugging. Um, yeah, and I think we have to think about the words that we're letting use us, you know? Like, mm. are, what what are we listening to for music? Yeah. What, what are we looking at for media? We words always are going to have an effect on us. They can't just be this meaningless thing. So we have to pay attention to what we're taking in for words as well as what we're putting out for words. So hmm. This was much more of a wonder. <laughs> much, they, it's much, a classic, much more of a wander. Classic wandering wander, 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 you know? Um, the, we got to give the people what they want. They came for the name. They stayed for the... Wonder? I, don't, I don't know what you say. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still here, thank you to props, all of our long-time listeners. Indeed. Uh, yeah, if you have thoughts on words, lies, any of this stuff, send us an email. Yep. Questions at wonderingwanders.org. Org. Almost yep. said com. We didn't no. get the com. Didn't get the com. It was taken. It was. It was. <laughs> who I don't know that. how to do that. Questions at wonderingwanders.org. Yeah, we got this winter break, you know, pile them up, and when we get back, you guys will give us plenty to think about. So, Indeed, indeed, let's indeed. Let's go. All righty. Well, may all of your wonders be blessed.